here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're missing, uh, you know, superstar and Jacobs. You know, um, you know, lines banged up, all these kind of things. So, uh, you know, the AFC North, they want to stop the run. You know, all those things. So we knew we were going to have to throw it uh, to have a chance to win. Uh, but when we had to run it, it's a beautiful thing. You know, we were able to do it. Uh, I'm sure we could look at the film and be like, oh, we could have done this or this better. Um, but that's, that's every game, win or lose. Uh, but very proud of our guys. Coach Cable, again, I try and give him as much credit as I can. I think you guys know, especially you guys that have been around the organization, but when he was here before me, he's, he's unbelievable. You know, uh, what he can do with uh, not just the first-run guys. I said it, I said it, so, I've said it so many times, I think, standing up here, that what he can do with anybody that's in his room, they come in and they're ready to play and they they fight well there's Derek Carr and uh yeah I agree with them 100% Marcus give it to everybody coach Cable coach Gruden give it to all of them man I mean to open up the season with wins over Ravens and then Pittsburgh on the road patchwork offensive line right injuries uh, you know obviously another big starter being out in Josh Jacobs in this one I mean you got to give it to the Raiders what a start for this team yeah, so Ryan, um, who do you want the, the Raiders to play in the second round of the playoffs after they <laughs> yeah, have that yeah. first round bye? Exactly. That's where we're at. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, I, I think I need to, to issue an apology to everybody because we came on this podcast last week. We are excited about the win, but I think you and I both thought there's no way that they're going to go to Pittsburgh with all the injuries they had on a short week and win that game. And you know what, Ryan? They did. And they actually dominated. Like that game wasn't as close as the score indicates because the Raiders were just able to move the ball up and down the field on the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger really never looked comfortable. It was a it was a it was a butt whooping by John Gruden's team, and they look really really good. They they look great, and yeah, no, that you took the words right out of my mouth because in my notes I put I O Raiders Nation an apology this week, so I had to make sure I said yeah, no, I not only did I bet against the Raiders this week, I also picked the Steelers in, in my survivor pool, so that's over. Uh, no, I thought the Steelers were going to win. I this did game. the same thing. Yeah, I, I put I put the Steelers as basically my anchor bet in like five or six <laughs> different parlays, and I lost them all. And you know what? I'm happy. Happy about it. I, I could not be happier about all the bets I lost this week because this Raiders team is so much fun. Oh, they are. And and again, the, just the way they attack you down the field, you know, that home run ball to Henry Ruggs to put the game out of reach is just so great. I mean, they just stress you so much on offense. And I think, Marcus, the Steelers, obviously, you know, they, they're notorious for playing a lot of zone, right? Mm-hmm. And getting you a lot of pressure with their front seven without blitzing. And they make it really hard on quarterbacks. And they were hell-bent on taking away Darren Waller. And just to see, I mean, some of those catches Hunter Renfro made were just oh my ridiculous. Goodness. He was awesome. They're throwing to the backup tight end, Morrow. He's making all kinds of uh, plays. Uh, Henry Ruggs with the deep ball. I mean, when the, we were talking about this last week, I mean, it can't all be Darren Waller. We can't just target Waller every single time. Like, it felt like they were doing against the Ravens in that first half in week one. I mean, when they're spreading the ball around like this, and you're seeing the development of a guy like Renfro, who's just, mm-hmm. man, he's turning into a star before our eyes, I think. I mean, this offense, with Derek Carr playing the way he is, is really, really, really scary. And I think that's the story coming out of Pittsburgh. I mean, on the road, hostile environment against a defense that shut down Josh Allen and the Bills in week one. 
the Raiders, you're right. They, the Steelers were like trying to figure it out all game long. They could not figure out the Raiders, even in the fourth quarter. They couldn't figure it out. <laughs> no, and I mean, a big loss was not having Josh Jacobs because there was times where the Raiders needed to run the ball. And they were relying on Kenyon Drake, and he looked like he was running in mud all game long. They brought Peyton Barber in. He was kind of ineffective. So it really was all on Derek Carr. And, man, this offense is just so efficient. It seems like Carr is always finding the right receiver. There was really never any passes in that game on Sunday that felt like they were questionable at all, where the Steelers had a chance to make a play. This Raiders offense over the last two years has been really good. They've been inside the top ten in just about every category. So it's it's nice to see that they're finally getting some of the the respect that they deserve. Yeah, and, and one of my questions for you this week, Marcus, is uh, how did they do this, right? Because you can barely protect Derek Carr, right? They have all these yeah. injuries on the offensive line. It's been a rough start for Alex Leatherwood. Andre James has not been great at center. Like, we could go on and on and on about the offensive line. And like you just said, you could not run the ball, right? Kenyon Drake nope. struggled a lot. I mean, the Raiders netted. 52 yards on 25 carries in this ballgame. There was so much stress on Derek Carr. And oh, by the way, they only targeted Darren Waller seven times because Mm -hmm. the Steelers were all over him. So how the hell did they do this, uh, Marcus? Because it is super impressive, but they have all these factors weighing against them. Oh, never mind. You're on the road in a 1 p.m. Eastern game in Pittsburgh. How the hell did they do this? So we like to dunk on John Gruden a lot for some of his personnel decisions and some of the things he says to the media. But let's not forget, he is still a really, really good coach. And what he did in this game was pretty incredible. So he knew going into this game, the Steelers were going to do everything to take away Waller. So he came out with a bunch of different personnel packages, some three tight end looks, some three receiver looks, just to keep the Steelers on their heels. They never had a good read on what they were doing. Uh, They were able to isolate Foster Moreau on Joe Schobert. They had a couple big plays that way. Hunter Renfro against Minka Fitzpatrick actually actually ended up being an advantage for the yeah, Raiders. Yeah. Who would have thought uh, that? They, they, who would have thought that? But the, the goal was just get rid of the ball quick, get it to the guys in space, and let them make plays. And it was a perfect game plan. It's exactly what you needed to do without a running game. Uh, I just hats off to John Gruden. I just thought he called a perfect game in this one. And and I thought last year if the Raiders were going to kick three field goals in the first half and, and settle for some of those red zone, you know, with penalties going backwards, ended up with field goals. Those are the kind of games the Raiders would lose in the end, right? But this year, their defense is holding on. They're, they're exactly doing enough, yep. right? And one thing that we've seen in both games, the Ravens and the Steelers game, is the pressure. And, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, I don't, he might be – he's at the end, huh, Marcus? I mean, my he God. Looks he, he looks cooked. He looks cooked. He is not moving very well, and the Raiders were all over him, and good for them. They were all over Roethlisberger, and he does. He looks cooked. <laughs> I agree with you. And But just the, the defense as a whole, I don't know if they've gotten better. But Gruden's got them competing their asses up. They're all they're on the ball and they're deflecting it. And again, I don't know how great this defense is, but they're competing and it shows. So two things. Max Crosby had another fantastic He's game. He had fire. six pressure. Now he didn't he didn't have a sack in this one, but Roethlisberger never felt comfortable in the pocket, and that's because of Crosby. And then Casey Hayward. Uh, he actually got a little bit banged up in this game, uh, but he was targeted only three times, did not give up a reception, uh, had two pass breakups. So when you have Trayvon Mullen and Casey Hayward, and then Nate Hobbs, who's playing in the slot, who's playing phenomenal. They've got three competent cornerbacks, and the Steelers really never moved the ball at all when those three guys were on the field. Now, we can talk about Damon Arnett and his struggles in this game, but when you have those three guys healthy in the pass rush up front with four guys, they're going to be a competent defense, and they were getting stops when they needed to. Uh, it, again, not going to be a top-10 unit. might not even be top-15, but I do think it's going to be good enough 
to keep this team competitive. No, after this win, Marcus, I can't find the heart to to pick on anybody. I'm leaving Arnett alone. It's too good. No, not today. At least we can wait a day or so, right? (laughs) This was too good to win. All right, so Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com has our our fantasy targets for week three here coming up. Uh, We talked about Derek Carr, Marcus, about him being Mm. a sleeper. And boy, maybe, hopefully people maybe caught on on that. I don't know if Derek Carr is still available in fantasy leagues, but get him in. Get him in there. He's number seven right now in my my league when I looked up the the stats. Mm -hmm. Number seven quarterback. I think Derek Carr is a starter in fantasy. Yeah, he's available in most of your leagues right now. If you need him for a low-end QB1, high-end QB2, I think he's pretty good value. We'll be right back. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Or Benini of TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for week number three. New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones versus the Atlanta Falcons. Saquon Barkley saw a little more action in week two, but he still isn't 100% yet. Jones' ability to run the ball brings an added bonus to fantasy, and it never hurts to see him face the worst defense of his position. Atlanta has given up eight touchdowns in two games to quarterbacks through the air without picking off a pass. Jones has the weaponry, and it'll be really surprising if he doesn't approach 275 yards and two touchdowns in this game. Baltimore Ravens running back Tyson Williams takes on the Detroit Lions on the road. This is the worst defense of the position, and even excluding Aaron Jones' three receiving touchdowns, since that's not really Williams' game, we still have one of the easiest matchups of the week. After kind of disappearing in the second half of week one, Williams remained involved in last week's game, and he finished with 93 yards of total offense on his 15 touches. While Lamar Jackson is always a threat to steal a touchdown, Williams has a really good shot at getting into the end zone. Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Jalen Rager at the Dallas Cowboys. A strong week one, and then he disappeared a little bit last week. But this matchup is ideal. Dallas doesn't have a great pass rush. It's weak on the back end. Quarterback Jalen Hurts will have time to go through his reads. And even if he doesn't, he's so dangerous on the run in the scramble drill, which benefits the downfield Rager. Philadelphia could be asked to pass more than usual in this one. Dallas has given up the third most yards to wide receivers through two games. And one out of every less than 11 completions is actually a touchdown by wide receivers. Let's go back and pick on the Detroit lines a little bit more. Normally I avoid household names, but tight end Mark Andrews has been in kind of a slump. Fantasy gamers may start to get restless if he doesn't find the end zone soon. He has not scored in his last six appearances, including last year's postseason, and Andrews has a mere two touchdown catches over his last 13 outings. While it's easy to understand the frustration, especially in non-PPR scoring, Andrews shouldn't leave lineups just yet. Detroit has permitted only seven catches through two games to tight ends, but the 130 yards generated ranks 10th, and one touchdown against came last week from Robert Tunyon. Lock the veteran and tight end in for one more week. For more award-winning fantasy news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Marcus. I think the story of this week for the Raiders is that here we are again at 2-0, right? They've been in this spot (laughs) three straight years. I remember last year very vividly beating the Panthers in week one and then the big upset over the Saints in week two. We're Mm -hmm. We're all like, ah, the Raiders are for real. And then we know how this story has gone over the years. We've these great starts and the team looks good and then it fizzles out and the Raiders end up barely missing the playoffs. And uh, I'm hoping that doesn't happen again because it feels like 
it just feels like the same old story with this team. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a chance that it could happen again, but I think the reasons why it would happen would be different. Uh, they've got a lot of injuries already. We're going into week three, yeah. and you know they just got offensive line injuries all over the place. Josh Jacobs is probably going to miss another game. Derek Carr's injured, so they could struggle in that area. But I think it's because the coaching has been really good. Uh, let's talk about Gus Bradley. Again, I, I think the defense has played outside of their minds so far, oh, yeah. and Yes, they're giving up big plays, and they're it's because they're being beat by execution, not by scheme, right? You're not seeing guys just run wide open in their secondary like we saw with Paul Gunther. These guys are playing confidently. They seem like they love this scheme. They love their coaching staff. So I think that's at least giving a lot of optimism going forward that, you know, if we play a Patrick Mahomes, which they will twice, or we play Lamar Jackson, we're, we're going to have a chance to hang in there because of our defense. Uh, I, I think this team might be a little bit different from what we've seen over the last couple of years. All right, I love it. So here's what I wanted to do, a little exercise. I want to look at the AFC West and just okay. take a quick peek at it. I know we're only two weeks in. It's hard to kind of gauge this too too heavily, but I want to see where the Raiders kind of fit in. I think a lot of people were picking them uh, last uh, in this division or maybe third behind the Chargers, I mean, ahead of the Chargers, but I don't know. I think a lot of people are taking the Raiders last. And right now the Raiders are tied for first with the Broncos because the Chiefs mm-hmm. Uh, lost that wild one to the Ravens on Sunday night. Let's start with the Broncos. So coming in, I loved the Broncos' defense coming in. They had a ton of injuries on defense last year. They're loaded at corner, right? They're finally getting some some significant reps for uh, Patrick Sertan because of some uh, injuries. Mm-hmm. So the guy they picked number nine overall in the draft, he's finally on the field for him. Von Miller's back, kind of wrecking havoc. They've only allowed 26 points in two games, and that includes that garbage time touchdown run by Daniel Jones as time expired, yeah. by the way. So Denver's mm-hmm. D is legit. Their offense has been competent under Teddy Bridgewater, right? I think Denver will be a problem for a lot of teams this year, but here's the caveat, right? They started with the Giants and the Jaguars, and oh, by the way, they've got the freaking Jets this week, who my Patriots uh, snagged four interceptions on Zach Wilson this past yes, week. Yes, so, uh, so what do you think about the Broncos right now? They're the team uh, atop of the division with the Raiders, but I think we all know it's going to be the Chiefs in the end. Yeah, I would be shocked if it's not the Chiefs. Absolutely yeah. shocked. Um, it's a really good question because I feel like the Broncos and the, the Raiders are very similar to one another except for their strengths are switched, right? The Broncos are so good on defense that they just need the offense to be competent, to be good. And they have been competent. Yep. The Raiders are so good on offense that they just need the defense to be competent. So I think the Broncos are probably more likely to get to 10 wins just because I think Bridgewater's playing well. I think the defense is really good. I think the offensive line under Mike Munchak is one of the best in the league. But, Ryan, I really feel like it's coin flip. Like, there's going to be a lot of games for both of these teams that have decided on the last possession – um, they're decided by, you know, a kicker, a field goal, make or miss. But I think those are the, the pretty clearly the two best teams after the Chiefs. And then the Chargers, they've got a franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. But they've got to figure out ways to close these games. My goodness. <laughs> they're too talented to lose a game like they did on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. They, Herbert, I, I do love Herbert, but you're right. I mean, Dallas uh... – did not have their best game on offense, especially, and the the Chargers had a chance to win that game and didn't close it out. But I thought it was, I mean, Dallas's offense is so ridiculously good that I thought the Chargers showed a little something in that game, right? Holding them down a little bit and, and really not letting Dak Prescott throw a touchdown pass. It's just, is Brandon Staley the right guy for the Chargers? Yeah. They had 12 penalties for 100 yards yesterday. <laughs> they, they can't do that. That division's just too good to give away games like that. I think the Chargers long-term are going to be fine. This year, I'm a little bit worried. 
it's an interesting little division. I don't think there are any cupcakes. Like, I don't think when uh, when the Raiders are playing the Chargers here in a couple weeks, that, that's no. going to be an easy game by any means, right? Nope. Uh, you got the Chargers in L.A. on Monday Night Football in Week 4. Then you've got Denver in Week 6. Two big games that are coming up here early in the season for the Raiders, and we're going to learn a lot more there. But here, you know, we'll ask that question. Is it going to happen again, Marcus? Are they going to start 6-2, and two, you know, 7-3, and three, and then have it go downhill? And here's the Raiders' schedule from week 14 on and and all these teams have tough schedules but uh Mm -hmm. the raiders at kc at cleveland home denver at indy home chargers to end the year like that is a tough stretch from week 14 to 18 yeah and then even before that they have a game against washington a game you know on thanksgiving against dallas they've got another game against the chiefs i mean it's not an easy schedule at all if they make the playoffs they're certainly going to be battle tested nine to ten wins is probably going to be the cutoff there uh, that's why it's very, very important for them to rack up some early season wins, especially this week against Miami, who might ha- might not have Tua. That's a perfect segue into our next segment. But first, our guys at the Sportsbook Wire are going to give us their play of the week. This is the typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, I'm Essam McLaren of Bet Slipping Podcast and SportsbookWire.com, here with my colleague Jeff Clark to break down the Week 3 Monday Night Football game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles are plus 3.5 road underdogs, minus 110 odds. I love that bet. It's one of my favorites of the week. Jalen Hurts, his mobility is going to be able to exploit that Dallas Cowboys defense that was without defensive end Demarcus Lawrence for the second straight week. It held up for the Dallas last week against the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Hurts can exploit it. And that Philadelphia defense through two weeks has been fantastic. I like them to keep this within a field goal on the road. Jeff? Yeah, I'm going to follow you on this one. Also take the Eagles plus three and a half on the road and Monday Night Football because of the defense. Their defensive line is going to make it really tough for an albeit a great Dallas offensive line. But the Eagles are first in points per play on the defensive end. And I think their defense is going to do enough to keep this game close. Plus Jalen Hurts is a gamer. Go with the Eagles plus three and a half. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Marcus, Raiders-Dolphins, the spread on Tipico. This is an early line. This could change throughout the week. But Raiders are four-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Dolphins. Tua injured his ribs in week two. And Jacoby Brissett is, uh, was in there playing quarterback. And I think the Dolphins' plans for Brissett this year, Marcus, was to be their short yardage quarterback, like bring him in on third and inches, yeah. bring him in on fourth and short. I don't think they wanted him throwing the ball 40 times so he could rack up 165 yards of, uh, of uh, passing yards. That was rough last week. Yep. It's like 4.1 yards per attempt. So uh, Miami is gettable with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. I think that's easy to say. And this is a great golden opportunity for the Raiders to start 3-0 and and beat up on a team that they should beat. Now, hey, this is a different narrative though, right? Underdogs week one and two. Nobody was really picking them. They win both games. Now they got to beat the team that they should beat to start 3-0. and I think this is a sneaky big game for them. It's also a, a really fun coaching battle because we just got done talking about how good John Gruden is. Brian Flores is one of the best defensive minds in football. So to watch that defense try to stop the Raiders offense should be a lot of fun. 
but you nailed it. It's the Dolphins offense. They've scored 16 total points over the last two weeks. We'll see about Tua. Uh, Will Fuller should be back, but I just don't think that offense is all that explosive. But we saw what happened last year when the Raiders took on Miami and it was Ryan Fitzpatrick at the time. So who knows? It, it should be it should be a really fun game. I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. I think whoever gets to 23 points will probably win it. But I would expect the Raiders to take care of business. If you are a playoff team, you've got to be basically a backup quarterback at home uh, when you know in, in this kind of game. So I, I expect the Raiders to win. We'll see if they can do it. Now, do you think they win by five? I think that four and a half number, That's, it seems, seems a little high. It does seem high? I think high. it's a little high. Doesn't it just feel like this is going to be a field goal game? Like it's going to come down to this last possession and whether Probably. Daniel Carlson can make a 60-yard yard field goal, right? It just seems like what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I, my, gut, my gut reaction was like it's reasonable enough. I don't want to see it climb. Uh, no. You know, a big reason being the uh, the Raiders have not given up a ton of points either themselves, no. right? And uh, so that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the total at 45 and a half. And I really, I'm, I may be shying away from the spread more so to bet the under. Uh, 45 and a half, you just, you mentioned the Dolphins have scored, uh, I think it was 17. They beat the Patriots 17-16 in week 17-16, yeah, there you my, go. My, yep. That was a great battle by my Patriots, really giving the Dolphins all they could handle. Uh, and then shut out against the Bills. So, you know, the Raiders are playing pretty well on defense. The Dolphins aren't super explosive on offense, so you feel the under. And then what the Dolphins do have is a good secondary, right? Exactly. And I yes. think they could, they should be able to limit those over-the-top big scoring plays enough. I'm not sure if they can handle Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro underneath, though. They're linebackers. Like, there's one linebacker in particular on Miami, a Landon Roberts, an ex-Patriot, who, <laughs> yep. if whoever he's trying to cover, you throw to that guy. Uh, but I, I don't know. I question the Dolphins' ability to handle some of those underneath routes, but I do think they can take away the big ball. So I think this kind of all signs point to it being the under, which means there'll be 60 points scored in this game. <laughs> but I think uh, I like the under. Just want to point out, Byron Jones, uh, the cornerback the Dolphins signed a couple years ago from the Cowboys, has a lot of experience covering tight ends. He did it when he was with the Cowboys. He covered Zach Hurts, Jimmy Graham, all those type of players. Maybe we see Brian Flores do that this week with Darren Waller. You know, put Byron Jones on him, big athletic cornerback. Uh, I'll be keeping an eye on that. Yeah, it was a good point with the coaching thing. I do like Flores, too. He definitely he definitely got the better of Belichick in week one. And, uh, you know, it, I thought Gruden kind of coached circles around Pittsburgh. This past yeah. week, Marcus, you know, and the coaching does come into play. But this is this Dolphins team should be fundamentally sound, not screwing stuff up. The Raiders are going to have to earn stuff. Oh, it's a really, really big game for both teams. I, the, if the Raiders want to make the playoffs, they've got to win this kind of game. Miami, I don't think they can afford to go down one and two uh, already in the division. You know, not in the division, but just on the season yep. with I think Buffalo is going to be fantastic. We talked about New England, how much I like New England this year. It's a big, big game for Miami. You still like New England after 25 points with four Zach Wilson's interceptions? Yes. Yeah, you yes, still like I, I do. Because of that exact reason, they're just going to beat up on all of these bad and inexperienced quarterbacks. That defense is so good. Just wait till Stephon Gilmore gets back. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty sweet when Zach Wilson just throws you the ball too. That was that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. So, Marcus, we we're kind of on cloud nine with this Raiders team. This is a fun team. It's been a really fun two weeks. And if they're three and zero next week, we're gonna be uh, straight up giddy. Three and zero Raiders. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, hey, everybody, enjoy the game this week. We'll be back next week. Don't break it all down. Talk to you then. This USA Today Sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store.
Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.